Welcome back to the We Valiant Few podcast. I am one of your hosts, Slapshot. Crossfire's here. Raptor. Blackbeard. Hi, Blackbeard. Hello. Today, we have a special episode for you guys, something that we are still novice in and looking to grow ourselves in, and we are covering what we know in the medical field. So, before we get into that, Crossfire, would you like to go over all of our links, socials, etc.? Okay, as the usual... My social security number is... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay tuned for that. No, of course, Discord, discord.weviantfew.com. Engage in the community there. We're growing our group slowly but surely. Uh, some interesting conversation. People are asking the right questions. So, again, discord.weviantfew.com. Also, you can check us out on Instagram at instagram.com slash weviantfew or at weviantfew. YouTube, if you're, as you're listening now or if you're listening to when we re- upload this on the podcast platforms, it's youtube.weviantfew.com. The website has all those links, weviantfew.com. And you can check us out on all major podcast platforms, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern. All major podcast platforms include Spotify. If you happen to use Apple Podcasts, we're there too. Uh, Anchor FM and any about other 13 ones. others. Yeah, 13 yeah. others. We're not, yeah, I'm not even t- entirely sure what we're on, but we're there. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We're there. <laughs> we are there. That's for sure. Thank you, Anchor. Yeah. So if you like what we're doing, please share this episode, share it to your friends, share it to your parents, share it to your parents' friends and whatnot. And everyone else. And everyone else that that doesn't encompass. Share it to your dog, please. Share it to your dog, please. Yes. All right. Um, it's getting into current events. Uh, mine's not, it's. It's kind of brief, but it's more so ironic, and it's kind of like a ha, told you so type thing. Uh, but have you guys seen all the controversy coming out about how all of the quote-unquote verified stories with the Georgia phone call are now magically not verified? What is this? Uh, they, they, the, the person who was the informant for apparently all, what, like 13 major mainstream sources that were... Uh, for the Georgia phone call, it was one person for all of them that was quote unquote verified, and they had the story completely wrong. It wasn't firsthand knowledge, and then they were going through and doing like a request for documents, and would like going through their computer and found an actual recording of the phone call that was supplied to them by somebody who was on the phone call uh, on behalf of Raffensperger, and they were literally so effective. What they did is listen to the phone call, went, "Oh, this doesn't fit my narrative." Deleted it and reported something completely different. Delete, delete. Uh, and the, I I can't recall the name, but the, their name is public. The Georgia phone calls is in regard to the, the election. January second uh, call uh, between Trump and Raffensperger in regards to the election. Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I just think it's funny that now it's like, well, there's actually a couple things with that. It's one, the big thing I, I'm curious about is, are we going to see any actual media accountability of no. this? Absolutely. Are you joking? But uh, that was that was a uh, rhetorical question. But the interesting thing is that Florida has a law that has uh, that it requires both parties' consent when recording phone calls. Trump Mm. lives in or well when the call went, Trump was um, whatever. Who residing in? Yes. What I don't know what you call not a citizen because he's citizen of the United States. Whatever somebody they live in the state. A the residency is resident, in yeah. his yeah. residency was in Florida at that time. Okay, so there was a two-party thing. So I don't know if he consented to that or not. 
There's multiple states that have that two-party, you know. Consent. Yeah, it's not ju- it's not just Florida, but Florida in particular. Oh, hello. That was nice. What just happened? What is happening? Hmm. I hold on a second. Hold I on, or I think that's I think that's good. That must have been just a weird bug or something. Mm. Oh well, whatever. Uh, anyways. Anyways. Um. Yeah, but but Florida in particular is important. Because, again, Trump is a resident of Florida, so if they actually pull that pull that law into effect and really, you know, push it, uh, that's like felony charges on that. It, it's pretty serious. I think, I think, I think that might be my microphone me hitting this line or something. We're still getting that, that feedback somewhere. Why don't we move all the uh, phones off the table? Yeah, that might help. Having yep. a little bit of difficulties at the moment um that's possible yeah that was that was that that definitely might be it the interference yeah Yeah. all right anyway so my news for today is so earlier this week dan crenshaw and henry kuehler uh who are both representatives in the house of representatives representatives uh proposed the bipartisan atf accountability act which is basically an act that tells the um it explicitly denies the ATF from doing the things that they aren't technically allowed to do now, but do anyways. In terms of uh, like rolling on and adding to law that they have no power to uh, to do at all. Does anyways. it also does it also impact their um, like how they can randomly change laws? It will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It 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 basically overheads on top of uh looks takes a look into what the atf does and prevents them from making arbitrary rulings and stuff of that nature um so then they're basically not making um regular american citizens into felons overnight because they changed a rule that they had already actually ruled on months prior or years prior see that's the thing is like all like these bills here are they, like like you they're said explicitly they're de- explicit denials rather <laughs> well not well yeah well that's true that's not that's not i was going at the whole like thing you said about how these bills turn regular citizens into criminals like not not the bipartisan one but like the, the atf stuff. no yeah like, they, those are they're not even bills they're rollings they're 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 and they they're they're arbitrary laws that, and they don't that, e- they're from, not even law like we you can't can't be calling them laws because yeah, they're cause, not because no, i guess it, I guess they're not they're not laws because the ATF doesn't have any power to, to create make, laws. To create like laws, they, they don't set have, up a guideline. Well, they don't even have that power. They're pseudo laws, though. They they have the the power to enforce the law as written. Yeah, but they they um, they change it. Oh, and that's the thing. They're not yeah. allowed to do that. What this bill does is basically tell. Or basically, it explicitly denies. So it doesn't say there's no bill that says that they can't do this kind of stuff. But this bill basically says that no, you cannot do this because you were an enforcement branch of the executive branch, not a law-creating branch, not a law. You're not legislative. Well, I mean, that just in principle should should be something that everybody agrees on. Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's the ATF. It could be literally any 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 three-letter organization that falls under the executive branch: the FBI, CIA. Any the DEA the, anything? Yeah, because again, there unless unless it's unless it is well even even then because 
do any of them explicitly say they have the power to do stuff like that? I don't. I don't. I can't think of to one. make law. No. Yeah, I think it's ju- it's just Congress, right? Because yeah. it's Congress that has sole power to make that's, laws. Yeah, because their job is. because the those three letter organizations fall under the executive branch. The executive being the enforcement branch, which means the executive branch doesn't actually have any power to create law. The exec the president can do can make um the president or like governors can do executive orders, which are fucking toe in the line, but um. Yeah, but even then, the executive orders they just have they're not laws. Caps. They just yeah. enforce what is already written. Yeah. A, what do we call this? A strong recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I it, recommend. I, well, thank that God, someone's this. finally putting the ATF in their place. I, rec- I, I mean, we'll see. They, this was literally just proposed, like I think yesterday. It's so intru- it's not. It hasn't been voted on or anything. But this is a step in the right direction, and some from some congressmen that I actually am happy to see stuff. That I care about being brought up, making moves. Yeah, I think it's yep. pretty cool too that uh, that Henry uh, Cooler, however you pronounce that, is uh, he's a Democrat who's who's supporting this, and it's bipartisan. And this is my favorite part. So they just did the bipartisan, um, uh, well, HR eight, the whatever bipartisan, whatever they want to call it, for the um, universal background checks. And it was called bipartisan and only like half, not even half. It wasn't bipartisan. It was very much one-sided. Um, and that that whole term bipartisan was used as a way to um, basically make the put a false thing on it yeah, so people support. Yeah, they it, it sounds good. It, it sounds it, it sounds cool. Like oh yeah, bipartisan uh, gun registry act or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean by everyone loves it. It's bipartisan. I mean, that effectively is. Uh, uh, I mean, that's effectively what that is: is a the uh, pseudo gun registry. I don't know about you, but whenever you lead put into, gun, lead, you put, lead into pseudo gun registry. Whenever you put gun and registry in the same sentence, it kind of uh, has me worried. Yeah, it is. It should, it should. It should be worried. <laughs> But regardless, not the fact that it says bipartisan, gun well, and registry. Well, yeah, anyone sentence. with a brain can like. Re- I mean, it's not that. That's not the actual name of the bill. It's it, you can look it up. It's HR eight. Um, it was just passed in the House. We talked about it last podcast. But um, now we're using the the bipartisan ATF Accountability Act, which I think is pretty funny. So the eight, we're so using HR eight is the bipartisan background checks act of twenty twenty one. Yes. So we're just throwing bipartisan in front of everything. <laughs> Putting well, lipstick on a pig. So, so we the, too can play at this game. Can we, can we enter? Can we enter things in the thesaurus? Is there, th- is there like an open thor- open source thesaurus that we can put this in as a uh, as a uh, synonym for absolute pile of crap? <laughs> hey, listen, window. it's it's part of the culture war. The the use of these terms, the use of these like terms that make sense, that sound good to people that don't read them, actually read them. That's that's how you do it. Speaking of culture war, uh, wait, no, you still got another current event, don't you? I do have another. We'll get event. to me in a second here. Um, it gets better. I, I was also reading, and this is literally just a headline. I read a little bit of the uh, actual article, but uh, most of the time the article uh, kind of just goes away. It kind of stays on topic and then goes into something else. But uh, so an article from The Root, which is a New York Times contributor, posted an article declaring whiteness is a pandemic. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a I'm pandemic. sorry that I was born. Yeah. Well, that's actually, all. That's really all I have well, to say. Actually, I'm sorry that I was born. Actually, um, if you want to know if. OK, so let's let's just be real for 
just a second here. Whiteness, I think whiteness actually is a pandemic because it affects a majority of the population. And it technically spreads from one person to another just generationally. So is whiteness literally a pandemic? Is race itself I don't know. a pandemic? I don't know. Does that mean we all need to be elaborated from the earth? Does that mean we all need vaccinated? Elaborated. I need vaccinated. <laughs> oh, God. My, God. my whiteness. Of, cor- uh, of course, I'm being satirical. Yes. But, I mean, it probably does check a couple of the boxes. I mean, that's probably... Um, some article somewhere says that it spreads like a pandemic in terms of by from parent to child well, or and whoever. It, and this person who wrote this is, like, the one person at the New York Times who's actually not, like, a cancel culture person. They're just extraordinarily literal. It's not under uh, opinion. It's under science. <laughs> And the person that wrote it is, in fact, dealing with the same medical condition. I just got my sixth PhD. <laughs> Anyways, slap yeah, shot on the you. That's all I got. I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our friends at our group message for bringing this one up because this is actually hilarious in every single way, shape, and form. Culture War, uh, Columbia University in New York is having segregated graduations. I mean... That's literally what it is. We're going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, the article does not say segregated, but... Use they your are, brain. They, they, you can infer that that's what this is. So, the graduations are... There are allowing... There's, like, one major graduation class, but if you want to take part in a graduation class that is pr- of people of your race, you can. So, there is a white graduating class. There is a black graduating class. Asian, Latino... Um, there's uh, another one. Did I say black already? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's one called Lavender. Lavender. Yes, thank you. Lavender? Yes, it is for the LBGTQ community. I mean... So anyone that this falls so, under that... Okay, so... You can not graduate a, oh with that. Oh my god. This is so... This whole, cul- this whole culture war stuff makes me want to pull my hair out. Legitimately. Like, anytime I read this, whether it's something like this that brings back Jim Crow and segregation to, like changing culture like the the stuff with um the mandalorian the the cancel culture with the that. cancel culture with canceling like a, a an entertainer or, something, or anything like that for saying something or anything like it's just it drives me freaking insane what i don't get is the fact that they are that every i, I mean everybody is fighting against this war between races and wanting to not be singled out but yet here they are just singling, Continue, yeah, continuing, continuing this to do it. toxic. They're the only ones meta. yelling. Yeah, they're, they're well, the see, only ones talking about it. Well, see, here's yeah. the thing. It's like, you know, you're they're trying to stop, quote unquote, racism by literally, literally creating, creating segregation. Segregation and <laughs> like, creating more and, racism. And, like and, they're calling whiteness a pandemic. Okay, so that, so that in itself is a huge problem. Uh, but uh, even more of that. Is that they don't notice it. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe. So, so I think, I mean, this is a little conspiracy theory. And I, I try, I try, to, I try to think about what may be causing this kind of stuff and where these ideas oh are boy, coming conspiracy from. Using conspiracy theory, theory time. And Let's insert the music for the Illuminati. <laughs> Where's Alex Jones at? So I think, <laughs> I think there is like a plan 
not like a Q plan. But <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's a general idea of where they want to push the culture war and how they want to push the culture culture war to get the biggest thing. Oh, so I basically, think, I, hang on, hang on yeah. let, let, let this, me go. I want to hear this. this here. We'll call it a liberal think tank. This liberal think tank basically comes up with these ideas and starts coining these terms. That that those terms get pushed down to these people that actually like. They just repeat whatever is said to them, and then they just, they don't, not only do they repeat them, but they make up their own justification for it. So they start saying them and saying them, and whenever, basically it becomes, that's how it becomes the way it is in terms of the culture war and how we, or regular people, start getting yelled at for saying regular terms. Or calling, or for instance, uh, saying that straight people are, just because you're straight that you're transphobic. Or something like that. So, I want to jump back to my my uh, current event for the Columbia University thing. So, what I whenever I read the article, there are plenty of articles online online like this. You just Google Columbia University segregated graduation, and you'll find a hundred of these articles. They're taking a lot of heat for this. Like, you're either in the entire graduation class, or you pick to be with your own race graduating class. That's so. So it, it's like. They're enabling I, segregation. What the... That's what... What the hell? That's what it is. It's, it's disgusting. It, I, I want to bring up Morgan Freeman and his uh, his thoughts on the if Black History Month. This is going back to the, like, the quote that he had said a while yeah, ago. A this couple, is going to yeah. be awesome because Morgan Freeman is a stand-up Dude. class act, man. Like He is just a, a real astute man. I'm not going to quote anything from him, but I do remember a specific interview with, I forget who the heck it was, but they asked him his opinion on Black History Month, and he said he thinks it should be eliminated. He hates it absolutely so much. And the guy asked him why. He said, all right, let me ask you this. Why is there no White History Month? He asked the interviewer that, and the interviewer didn't know what to say. He's like, I don't know. And then Morgan asked him, all right, well, what religion are you? And he said, I'm Jewish. He's like, why is there no Jewish History Month? And the interviewer, again, didn't know what to say. And he said, like, he, that, you know, like, about, you know, what about me being black or, you know, or white? And he's like, I don't see that. He's like, I see a man. Exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. like, I, I, I see a man. That's all I see. And Which I, don't is, I think that's how everybody, I think that's how the mass majority of everybody in this country sees everybody well i think that's how you should see it oh incre- here we go this is this is Correct. this is the fact check on it. it says did morgan freeman say black history month is ridiculous and then the, the actual quote is it says i don't want a black history month black history is american history that's right absolutely and, and yeah we, and you need to teach american history and we're not teaching american history either. and if you get here, rid here, of history here we you, go history will repeat itself here's the entire thing uh, on from 60 minutes is Black History Month is ridiculous. Why? It says you're going to relegate my history to a month. Uh, what What do you want to do with yours? Which month is White History Month? It says, okay, which month is Jewish History Month? Do you not want one? No, I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black History is American history. Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man, and I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. And I'm not going to say I know you know this white guy named Mike Wallace. Hear what I'm saying? Because, and, and I cannot agree with him more because if you add those in like oh yeah this this is a black arrow this is a white guy that in itself is a racist action and just like this whole thing with the university like the, the people like the the 
people who are the administrators that are like, oh, well, you know, I think it'd be a good idea to have, um, you know, the, the white th- or, you know, the white graduation, the black graduation, the Latino graduation, because they're thinking about the race being, you know, that, that much, that effective, that in itself is a ra- is, is incredibly racist of them. Yeah, it's literally a, a dog whistle effect because they're like, "Oh well, we're, yeah, we're gonna segregate everybody because we're not being racist." It's like, no, it's not it at all. Being you're being racist. You put out, you're trying to put out a fire with gasoline. You're making it a lot worse. <laughs> it's, a, I mean, it's, a, it's almost similar to the, to putting like your color, or your race prior to your name on, uh, like on the name line, whatever. Him, you take a his test. white, or yeah, like <laughs> your pronouns, your race, and then your name. Like is any of that is any of that stuff necessary? Yes, yes, it is. No. Actually, All right. I just want to do that. Mo- moving on. So uh, the next one, I want. I I just wanted to briefly bring these ones to light. Uh, South Carolina okay to bill to open carry. Congratulations on them. So hey, yes, yeah. moving in the right direction. South will rise again. <laughs> oh no! Stop! Oh, no. Stop! No, it's no. not. They're gonna no. defund us. Gonna yeah. be anti- We're not even funded anyway. <laughs> uh, last one. Very, very interesting one. The in Idaho, the House okay to bill for school employees to conceal carry. Oh, that's freaking awesome. I, I that's fully, fucking amazing. This is a move in the right direction. I, see, my opinion on all this is, I think if they want to go through, like, if you're around, if you're around kids and stuff, I think you should go through, uh, or like go through the training that like uh, police do. If, uh, if, at least if you're kind. going to be around kids, you I know think what? there's a higher standard. I think you have to go through something. I 100% agree with that. It, maybe it's maybe it doesn't maybe have get to one be, of your acts you or something. Yeah, whatever the details of that are, I think you need to have some professional level of training if you're carrying around children. But at the, I mean, I I've carried around children. Okay, but no, yeah, like but, these are school employees. They, I think they need to be held to a higher standard. It's more level. so. It's more so. It, it doesn't really. It's not. It's more so not about. Like their individual training, but liability for the school no, is the only no, thing I, I thinking, can think of. I was thinking about how teachers are typically more liberal. Well, they, the more, more liberal ones aren't going to carry. And well, that's they're, that's not that's not entirely true. Actually, I I know I personally know several liberals that are very pro gun. It's weird. Are they pro two A or pro? They are pro gun, pro two A. Well, pro two A is different than being. They they, they are both. They're they are okay. like they. They treat guns how we treat guns, uh, but they are they are very liberal. We can talk about that after the show. But my my point is, it's like it kind I can of see the gears turning in your head. It doesn't work. <laughs> just boil it down to liability. Yeah. I, I think they should have to go through some training. Just like if you're a private security guard, you got to go through training and whatnot. I, I think it should be held to a bit of a standard like that. I, think I agree. If you're acting, paper, if, it doesn't mean anything. But if, okay. if you're acting in a in a public setting like that. That's my opinion on it. Mm, I still say no, but I, that's just my disagreement. See, well, then how then how do you make it so that the random guy that comes off the street that wants to be a teacher that's never held a gun in his life is like, oh, now I can do this. It just carries a gun around kids. What's, what's the any any different from a regular person that just walks on the street, goes up to the sheriff's office and say, hey, I want to conceal carry? Because they're not acting in a public sense. That is public. It's a concealed carry is a they're not, they're not working people. like in a they're not working in a public sense for like a government institution. I mean, why does that matter? Why does it? Why does the setting matter? The setting doesn't matter. The people around do not matter. It is simply the fact that you have the right, and it's not necessarily the the them ha- even their job. Like it's sh- first of all, gun free zones gun free zone shouldn't exist. 
set number two, you should be able to conceal carry regardless of where you are, what job you hold, whatever, because at any point there can be a threat and you have to be able to deal with that. If you if you are incompetent and we can go into comp- the competencies of owning a firearm, that's where I'm going with it. Is, then is you the won't we, be able to get a, a, a firearm in the first place with the current rules and regulations that we have. See, that's not true though. If you're if you're in if you're well, in, if, if you're incompetent, but you're you're there's people in our group that I would not trust to have a firearm around children. I don't know about that. I I, I absolutely one hundred percent know that. And in turn, I mean, we're at this point we're weighing security over freedom. We're we're. We're value like it, and it's also the 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 argument that a lot of people bring up, and I mean it's morbid, but um, whenever they talk about school shootings, and the the left says how many children have to die before you'll give up your guns, and usually the resounding answer is all of them. Yes, yeah, all of them. That's 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 the answer because the because the only way the, the most effective way to stop. A bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Right. right. Well, I'm not going to continue this. Uh, I won't continue this discussion because we can go back and forth with this all night. But uh, what we can do with this is we can throw this to the audience and have uh, them comment on the video what their opinion is. Yes, uh, I'd be very interested. Or, to or can... that's right. I was waiting for it. I was freaking waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, or you could join the Discord and continue this conversation there uh, and let us know your opinions on it. Yes. Or if you have a different opinion than, than the two we've presented. So we'll get a third party in there. Yes, a very interesting. The trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta. Um, yes, but we'll move on. Well, I mean, that's that's it. Wait, yeah. that's it for Wait, me. Wait, that's Blackbeard. Do you got any current events? Yeah. You have anything you want to talk about? Mm, not that's really current. Well, it is current events, and if it's not current, then it's... no, it was just, it was about if what it... happened with the. Uh... The awards that went on with uh with the Grammy stuff? Yeah. I have not followed that. I honestly I heard about it a little bit on the radio, but I mean it was somewhat current, but I guess I mean it was like this week. There's a there's a word in there that is there's a word in there that starts with a G and ends with a Rammy. and as soon as I see that I'm just not interested (laughs) anymore. Well, it was just something that I was scheming by and I had happened to see and I was like, Wow, this is really cringy to me. Like What can you elaborate on? Yeah, yeah. All right, so one of the artists, like, there was a really provocative, you know, style of dancing mm. going on. And then, you know, they have this dance that's going on, but yet they want to censor everybody about how they do things. Like, like with women being out there in these skimpy outfits, you know, and whatnot. And then you have some making sexual movements yeah and then you then you have some guy that you know or you know cat calls or you know something of that nature when it, it's well, a hypocritical yeah it's, like that's they're of, empowering women what are you talking about yeah and like, hey i mean hey more power to you if you want to do that i have no problem with that but at the same time like why is that celebrated and any other means of celebrate or wherever you find empowerment whether that be firing rifles or anything like that why is that evil and satanic and not satanic and i guess like literally normal stuff is yeah. like is like like you not said, normal like, <laughs> tipsy derby normal stuff is like completely like accosted anymore yeah normal stuff is actually like using a musket or being 
It's just because racist. that's what the founding fathers <laughs> intended for us to have musk. You know, they, they would <laughs> no, they intended that's a consolation a prize. Do you understand that back when the Second Amendment was written, people owned their own warships? Like, yo, this is my ship. <laughs> Check out the new ship. There's cannons on it. <laughs> this is my Daniel Defense frigate. <laughs> <laughs> is that coming, Emlock? Just, just imagine if George Washington was still alive. If he walked in and just saw my AR-15 in my hands, what he, what he, what would he say? Half of me thinks he'd love it. Half of me thinks he'd absolutely hate it. He would ask. He's like, "Where do you put the black powder?" <laughs> Let me try this. A founding father. <laughs> if, if there's a founding father alive right now, they'd be like, "Dear God, you've let you, what? What have you done to our beautiful country?" Honestly, you, you've let it go. He's like, "Why are all these liberals not dead yet? Did they have liberals Ooh. back then?" Ooh, no. Ooh, that was that was spicy. Okay, yeah, spicy. So, I think with that we can uh, move on to our main topic for today's podcast, and that would be. Well, first, you gotta wake up. Oh yeah, waking up. That is the main topic. Oh, that's that's the that's the whole point of it all. Yes. Uh, Everything going on. Like today, events. or here here's a nice wake up moment for somebody. Uh, so the other day, whenever me and Slapshot were out uh, shooting, uh, I just got home from work. I had my gear on. I was out ba- back behind my house, <laughs> oh my and God. we were getting ready to uh, you know do some shooting. Uh, I hear my dog start barking, and after a little bit, I I walk up to the front of my house. And lo and behold, the uh, DHL truck driver uh, just kind of walks up on me, and he, t- he kind of looks at me like for a second, and he and puts he, his hands. He's, up. He puts, he's like, "Whoa, don't hurt me!" Or so he, I can't remember what he said, but like obviously the weapon was pointed in a safe direction, and I like completely disregarded the fact that I had a, a rifle on me. And if you look at the Instagram, it's that Zeneca one that I've been posting. But uh, <laughs> I think you, I startled the man. You literally, like, took the package out of his hands, which, fun fact, if you check out our Instagram at we Value and Few, uh, you'll actually see this sweet bayonet that, <laughs> that, that, that Raptor I, ordered. Why I got as, a bayonet. He's like, as, I'm not delivering here. These guys are crazy. Fix as, bayonets. As Raptor <laughs> takes the bayonet, well, it was a bayonet. I don't think the delivery driver knew that. Yeah. But as Raptor takes his package out of the delivery driver's hand and makes his way back down to the table where we were loading magazines at, I'm just like, you just walked up to the delivery driver in Listen, full gear, AK in hands. You're and in you the even... boonies. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> The better question was the package from Russia. Yes, yes. it was. I should have expected you should, that from you, the motherland. You should have saw the name. I'm sure that's not the worst that that guy's seen. You should have saw the name of the shipper. Like his name was extremely Ivan Russian. Petrovsky or something. <laughs> <laughs> Super Russian. Yes, Ivan. Your name has your name has characters that don't exist in my alphabet. <laughs> but moving on, you gotta wake up. Uh, obviously, these current events like absolutely unreal this like this is 2021 i can't believe this it's happening. like a bad movie you know it is a bad movie. A it's not a bad no it's like a d it's like it's, it's like a c or d movie because it's like you're like come on this is like the the main character is getting his ass beat like and, 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 and it's <laughs> the, something. the last two hours he's beginning his ass, ass beat when's <laughs> when is the when's the changeover gonna happen you're just waiting for the protagonist to get up and like finish it off and like you know, win the movie, I'm and just it's just not it's happening. Just getting his ass. It's just not happening. The whole movie. I was just waiting for the asteroids. So be real. we've covered a lot in season two already. We've covered training. Uh, we haven't covered fire. training yet. Oh, we have not covered. Oh, oops, spoiler. The very I'm sorry. first thing you said. I'm sorry. You failed. Uh, we've covered firearms. We've covered mindset. So 
I think with important mindset and firearms in your your group that you're with, you know, anything can possibly happen at any point in time where something could go wrong. So if something is going to go wrong, you need to be ready. So medical. Medical. You need medical. And just to start this right off, medical is going to be probably one of the most useful tools that you have in your, I guess, training slash preparedness. Repertoire. Um, yeah, bag, because this comes in handy in a lot more situations than a rifle does. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're driving down a highway and you see an accident, there might not be an ambulance there. Like, yeah, just like that, a snap of the fingers. Like, there is going be, to be yeah. seconds of time that are being wasted, minutes, where you could be cutting someone out of a seatbelt and saving their life before an ambulance is going to be able to get there. Yeah, you've got very, especially with massive bleeding, and the biggest thing that we're going to talk about today is, like, emergency medical, stuff that will prevent people from losing their life. Um, in a situation where their life could be slipping through their fingers in a very quick notice due to a car accident, due to a gunshot wound, due to anything of that nature that could cause things like bleeding or anything. Massive that, hemorrhaging. Yeah, anything like that. Um, Any heavy trauma. So before we go around the, like, before we continue deeper in this, let's go around the room and talk about our experience with anything medical, just so that we clear the air here. So, Blackbeard, do you have any medical experience? Uh, other than boy scouts and through the fire department not nothing so really did extensive. you do anything in basic training well yeah well, that through the army yeah like, okay so like elaborate a little bit on boy scout like what did you learn in boy scouts what did you learn in fire department and well through the boy army. scouts i learned a lot about like splinting and you know that kind of stuff like and how to drag people you know build apparatuses to get people out that can't walk or you know broken an ankle things of that nature okay and then through the fire department, do a lot of stop the bleed, CPR, you know, kind of brushed, you know, first aid stuff. You know, nothing too extensive because we have EMS for anything right. super heavy. Yeah. Um, you, is that good? And then through the Army is pretty much just a little bit more in depth to that. And then you go into a little bit of like head trauma gunshots you know stab wounds and stuff like that but i mean that's pretty much it right some like basic like field stuff that yeah you might need to know not yeah. like anything super nothing okay. that a medic would would jump into okay i mean it's basically it's it's you're or for for me i did um i actually i took two cls classes whenever i was in the army i was in the army for four years so two Two of those years, I, I took, it was like a week-long CLS class uh, to include, like, my, I also did, like, the basic training stuff. And La- elaborate on what CLS is for the audience. CLS is Combat Lightsaber class, and actually, it's kind of going out of, I guess, style, for lack of a better word, um, because as I was getting out, the Army decided that, because before, CLS were, like, specifically identified people like you are a cls certified soldier now they're making all soldiers cls certified or combat lifesaver and basically what combat lifesaver is is you go through um kind of the baseline of what a medic would go through obviously the medic medics know a crap ton more about everything and this is literally just you are the first person on scene for for in a firefight or and you can provide aid you you have the tools and the the know-how to to do this and it just goes through uh what we'll talk about later like uh TCCC march uh calling in medevacs and casavacs um and stuff like that 
Okay. Then they continue with what you were doing, or your experience. Oh yeah, I mean that that was basically, I mean that was basically my experience. I did that. the The classes were a week long, and I also had to. I didn't have to like actually utilize any of the the skills that I used. Um, but it, like I was uh, tasked to be like the CLS for different range events and stuff like that. Make sure. Yeah, like we did a lot of drills. Like we had dump like the dummies and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then you know you had people that were downed, and you sort of performed the the procedures in a light fashion yeah we did them on like other people but also like for the cls the culminating event for the cls class was uh it's super expensive high-tech uh facility where you basically go in there's fog machines there's gunshot like gunshots super loud noise playing over speakers you've got a super realistic dummy that bleeds and it talks to you and it breathes and all that and you basically have to perform aid or diagnose the dude's problems i mean sometimes it's really hard to see because the dummies like you're not actually seeing any like exit holes you have to search for enter and exit wounds you've got to find like where arterial bleeds and actually stop it and that might mean twisting the wind list on a tourniquet like 50 times until that shit stops and if it doesn't stop then you throw another tourniquet on while all while a medic is screaming in your ear saying you are killing this man <laughs> that's cool well, that's it, you really have cool. to have a good simulation though. yeah and like it, it has to be a high stress level you know simulation and it was stressful you have to get pass on that <laughs> i mean you need to do. You should, everybody Everyone should, should do something you know similar. should have some level of training like that i agree it, yeah 100%. This is, a, is that for your background? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, so other than what you've taught me just in, in uh, you know, our, our medical days and whatnot, uh, when I worked for the, uh, when I worked for the research lab, uh, I was the main OSHA point person and dealt with all of our safety and medical stuff for the, uh, for that lab. So um, we had our, like our, our standardized, you know, first aid stuff, which is straightforward, like you know, um, it was, I mean, there's, you're not going to be sitting there and have some massive arterial bleed yeah. happen, um, but that stuff, a lot of it was like, uh, if there's any chemical problems or like if you got something in your eyes or if you burnt yourself or that nature stuff. And that's where a lot of my background was with that type of stuff that I've done more than the average person. And I'll have, you know, I can make a hell of a bandage out of a, out of a napkin and a roll of black tape. <laughs> I've done that so many times, but other, other, again, other than all that, uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, my experience as far as medical goes, uh, what, what Raptor has shared with our group is about the extent of mine. I, for work was required to be CPR certified, so I can do that. Uh, I'll have, you know, I'm very good with mouth to mouth. Mm. Oh boy. Mm. Uh, I could use an AED if needed. And also I looked up what was in a stop the bleed class and extensively researched on my own time the information within those classes so as far as that stuff goes i essentially took my own online stop the bleed class if you want to call it that but other than that that's all i got kudos to you and to those that don't know what stop the bleed is it is generally it's a free course provided by most firearms um a lot of firearms instructors have stopped the bleed classes also like hospitals and stuff sometimes do free or uh, lowered costs like i know emergency trauma i know stuff. like a lot of fire departments because i know our fire department does that like we'll do a cpr class and a stop the bleed class you know so people can come in off the street and 
get certified. Yeah, and there's also, I mean, there's also YouTube uh, stuff. We're not going to go super in-depth as to, like, what you need to do. We're going to give you a brief overview of, like, things, what to expect. And then, uh, then you can do your own research. Then you can do your own research, figure out how, where you can go to get that kind of stuff. And if, I mean, if you need help, you can always ask us on the Discord and stuff like that. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to clear the air so because we are not experts, but we want to provide uh, the basic knowledge necessary for you guys to want to go out and want to learn more. We, we, we want to open the door for you to know where to look, yeah. know where to start looking. Right. Yep. So with that, we can uh, start with uh, some types of medical equipment. Does anyone want to? Uh... Yeah, so I, I wrote up these show notes okay. here, so I want you guys to pitch to pitch in as needed here. So, uh, I think a good starting point would be kind of going over some basic types of medical equipment that you might see in a more combat based field, or like even still to like day to day like car accidents. Stuff. The biggest thing is like the bleeding part, right? So, uh, I mean, as far as combat goes, you might have like an IFAC or an MFAC. What's an IFAC? IFAC is an individual first aid kit. What's an MFAC? A multiple first aid kit. What's the difference? An individual is for your <laughs> goddamn self. Multiple is for many. How many? I actually don't know the number. It's probably like four. Uh, the four was my guess. I was yeah. going to say four, but I didn't want to be wrong. The, those are basically your packs for um, utilize, where you keep all of your medical equipment in. Um and or extra medical equipment depending on how much you need to carry on you for whatever mission that you're running um probably one of the most important medical piece of equipment is um the tourniquet that is my number one yeah i would agree it's the most important uh thing it is argued that you should have as many tourniquets on you as you you do limbs limbs. so four I mean, technically five if you want to count your neck, but that doesn't actually work like that. You <laughs> can't turn you, your neck. <laughs> you, you. But yeah, so the tourniquet, which is used to stop bleeds, it is something that uh, basically applies enough pressure to your artery that stops it from flowing. Um, whether that be, there's a bunch of different kinds. There's like the cat system tourniquets. There's, I've seen like ranger ratchet strap tourniquets. I've seen the, the rats or the... Uh, it's like basically like a string with a metal loop that you twist. It's all about it's all about tension and leverage. Yeah, you yeah. can yep. you can make a tourniquet out of a some a triangle bandage and a stick. You can literally um, take scissors and cut some of your teammates' pants and make them into yeah a tourniquet. What, whatever it is, your and, teammate might be really pissed off at you if he lives, but no, I, I mean you, I wouldn't be, really be no, I'd be I dude, I mean you're taught to get the get the injured per- person. As naked as you possibly can. Yeah, I guess so. Because you need to find all the wounds and fix right. them. Uh, but moving on, we've got hemostatic agent or quick clot, which is basically stuff that you shove basically rolls of toilet paper down into uh, someone's wound. And I, I literally, I've literally Packing. had to do this. Yeah, you just pack the wound like square by square into the, <laughs> the wound cavity until you, it stops it's, going you in. stop the bleeding. <laughs> And that the hemostatic agent basically makes that wound clot quicker. Um, chest seals, which are um, if you get a, a chest wound, sucking chest wound, a sucking chest, yeah, sucking chest wound, where whenever you breathe, um, it's basically preventing you from breathing because there's a massive hole in your chest. Uh, is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So 
Now, there's the, the vent chest seals. Now, you have two to a pack, and they will have, whenever you lay them onto your entry and your exit wound, they will have these vents that allow you to suck in, and then whenever that allows air to escape out, but not come back in. That's to prevent... Um... You're, like the the need the need to use a needle decompression. Yes, because that and that would be with those decompression needles. You will nobody should use those unless you are trained. Like that is a trained thing only. We were I was trained to do it at least in CLS. That yeah, that I guess now. But it, like, I'm saying for yeah. like any of the listeners, like if you go out and you get one of these, don't kids, do them to your friend. Do no. not <laughs> do this unless you are trained because you have the potential to kill the person you're trying to save. Yeah, whenever I was online looking at North American Rescue and what they have to offer on their site, whenever I purchased my IFAC, it would not allow me to purchase my IFAC with a chest needle unless I had an, a license yes. to provide online at the point of sale. Like a lot of the, like some of the, to go in some of the contents that, that I have wrote down that go into your standard like combat IFAC would be like a tourniquet, gauze. Quick clot, uh, chest seal, non-latex gloves, trauma dressing or pressure dressing, whichever. You Which is basically just a nice bandage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a nasal pharyngeal tube. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The that's trumpet. To... The nasal yeah. trumpet. It's that's to create an airway if you are unable to breathe or lacking. And those also require a little bit of training. Like eh, they're not that hard. No, they're not hard. But I would not want somebody that has no idea what it is just to shove that thing in my nose i mean if i was dying i wouldn't give a shit who's putting it in my nose <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what those are used for is somebody that is has some sort of trauma that they are either unconscious or not in the rights you know that can't control their breathing or it creates an airway yeah like it forces an airway yeah it forces an airway and then moving on to some s sort of burn cream a slew of band-aids, large, small, you know, butterfly, because it doesn't matter any any kind of cut, small, big, medium, or whatever. You can get infected. Yeah, an infection. You're gonna you have you stand of that getting septic, and you know you can die from that. Um, some people say with super glue, whether you can use super glue that you buy at the store or you get medical super glue in the time. It could save you. I have absolutely used not I mean nothing nothing life knife threatening of course, but I've absolutely used super glue. I've I have a very close uh, love for super glue with the <laughs> the chainsaw that went into my my knee. So that's that saved Jesus me. Christ. Oh my god! Because I <laughs> that's that's that, a hemorrhaging. The, the, yeah, <laughs> that well, is. I can go into that later if we choose to. But you know that's pretty screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, being a, a proud man, you know, I want to self-medicate. I guess I'm still a boy. Yeah, I haven't hit my knee with a chainsaw yet. <laughs> that was a total accident. Like, it was uncontrollable. But I hope moving so. On. I sure hope it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it moving on. on ibuprofen, uh, I mean, Israel yeah. dressings, or Israeli dressings. That's the same thing as a pressure dressing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shears, uh, splinting material trauma tape and a mouth barrier for performing CPR because you don't want to get their AIDS. Yeah. It, you never know what somebody has. 
But essentially, at the bare minimum, though, if you were having an IFAC just to treat yourself, tourniquet, gloves, um, quick clot, bandage, essentially, I would say they're the bare minimums. Would you yeah, say, guys, I mean, you need basically any room extra that you have that isn't chest seals or tourniquets or whatever you should be packing with gauze. You should be packing with uh, maybe like extra stuff. Um, trauma the the shears are nice but maybe like in the in the moment most quite honestly in the moment you're just not rip. really going to be cutting stuff or whatever yeah. you're, you're probably going to use the whole damn thing just rip um yeah so like a normal this is like for instance this one here there's a survival wrap there's the emergency bandage um there is a tourniquet in there there is uh the compression gauze the sharpie which i think that, that well was that's, that's for the that's, tourniquet that's important because that's to write the time on the tourniquet yeah because also, there is a time frame that you have that once you get to the actual medical personnel they need to know how long that how long it's been, been on, on yeah yeah well i mean just in general having that with you a sharpie in general for whatever it is you should yeah yeah i mean you uh, but i know i know what it's what yeah. it's for in here but uh, again the tourniquet uh combat gauze uh there's a ch this one has a chart so it tells you that's what to the, do um basically you tape that to your patients oh that's right you have one of these you showed um, me that yeah with all the details with all on the it. details so then whenever you go get to the evac you can um hand them off and be like and this then, is they already know everything that's it, wrong with them and what you've done in, yeah here's a twin the twin pack of those vent chest seals uh gloves that looks like tape and then uh the the uh the nasal, nasal would you the, the nasal pharyngeal into yeah. pharyngeal yeah. and a fun fact about those those are measured in french like that is the measurement for those. What? What? That, that that is. If you look it up, it is measured in French. Like that. Like that is the measurement French. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Well, they also and there are different what... and there's different sizes be for you know a child versus an adult. Yeah, you learn something new every day. Seriously though, they just told us to shove it in their nose and not give a crap. And there is <laughs> yeah, lube that comes with those that is water based that you can yes. add to that. Don't yep. use blood. Yeah, nope. there you not go. Look, one nasopharyngeal array, which is twenty eight fr. Here you go. French, wow. French. with lube. With lube. Yeah, I love lube. Brilliant. If you didn't you say it, I was. <laughs> uh, Yep. Okay, so that that is like the basic understanding of what is in like a medical kit. This is something that's great to keep in your car, or something that's great to go to go with you to the range. Honestly, I don't go to the range without a medical kit. I think it's dumb when if you're concealed carrying, carrying this medical stuff on you is important, can be useful. Um, but yeah, so the next thing is we're gonna go into a little bit. Our notes are a little backwards, but we're gonna talk about T Triple C and March. TCCC, and this stuff is all based on what the Army currently and or has um, trained people on how to perform medical stuff. Um, and you can apply this to, to basically anything, whether it be a gunshot wound, like it's all the same. Hemorrhaging is hemorrhaging regardless of it being a gunshot wound, regardless of someone losing a, a limb, whatever. It's all the same. Um, so TCCC, which is Tactical Combat Casualty Care, is the... Um, the steps in the system on how to treat a casualty during um, in, in a firefight or someone someone got wounded and you got to deal with it. March is a system that basically talks about how what the priority of um, the priority of 
issues or stuff that you kind of go over in terms of so we've got like the m in march is massive hemorrhaging that's the first thing you check you make sure you stop all massive hemorrhaging the a is airway make sure that they have an airway make sure that they're breathing make sure that they have a pulse something like that um r did i write these i can't yes respiratory respiratory um c circulation and um h hyperthermia because obviously whenever you go into shock you need to make sure that they don't get cold um because that's they're gonna die they're gonna they're losing blood which means they're gonna get cold It, it could be you could be in the desert and whatever and you have to still worry about hyperthermia um that's another thing you should add to your thing is a, a thermal blanket which is usually like a piece of tin foil my alarm yeah whatever it is but yeah so march and t triple c um so we'll go over a little bit of t triple c this is just to give you a nice warm and fuzzy of what it is i'm not gonna go super into detail because um i i don't really trust myself to to give an actual class of this but i will give you a general idea so t the TCCC Tactical Combat Casualty Care starts like this. We've got the first thing is care under fire. This is everything that you can do while you still are um, receiving active fire. Like you're still taking direct fire. So, for instance, Blackbeard, what do you? What can you do if you are still taking direct fire, and you've got a guy down? What are? What is the only things that you can do? Well, you're pretty much just gonna drag them into a, into a place. What are you gonna do before uh, you drag them? Uh, what am I gonna make you, sure the area is clear? Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't get to them. So, well, you so, definitely have yeah. to. You know, the first two things. The first thing you do is shoot back. Yeah, you're gonna you're you fire, shoot, maneuver, you fire sh- maneuver. Yeah, you shoot back until the enemy is. Suppressed. You drop a JDM on them. The, <laughs> 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 hey, if that's what it takes. The, second, the next thing you do is you make sure that you have, uh, or you yell over to your buddy, and say, "Hey, can you freaking? Are you alive? Can you fix yourself? Whatever." While you're shooting at at the enemy, you're you're suppressing fire. You're seeing if your buddy can help himself. If he can't, he may respond. He may not. Um, oh. If he does respond, you. He uh, can I, start doing that stuff. I want to make a quick point. Okay, uh, you're yes, it might be uh, traumatizing to see your friend get hit, but like, it's not going to be very helpful if if you, you get, hit, get too. hit too, right? Yeah. So and eliminating, eliminating that threat first is ultimately more important than your hit friend. Yes. In my defense, I did not know how far away he was, where he was. Re- at. Regardless, you still, yeah, it's, I, it's I got a situation. you. I got you. I got you. You still have. I mean, the biggest thing is put fire back down range or. Stop the danger. Get get this person to a safe area or create a safe area. Whether it's a car accident and they're in a burning car, I'm going to get this guy into a safe area where I can properly perform medical stuff. The only th- the only medical um, intervention that I can utilize in the care under fire thing is a tourniquet. This is you can you can quickly apply a tourniquet doing during this or maybe while you're pulling them out get a tourniquet if you notice like massive hemorrhaging now don't tourniquet like a cut turn bright tourniquet this tourniquet is a wound where you are losing massive, massive blood. amounts of blood like it's bright red it's usually spurting um it, it's kind of hard to miss once you actually see it um so that is uh character fire so you basically you shoot back you grab the guy and or yet you, you tell the guy hey fix yourself can you fix yourself you're, you're gathering information through this um and then you get that person to a safe area or you make the area safe get them behind a piece of cover and then you move into um 
tactical field care which is where you basically apply all of your other interventions whether that be um and also let me note this every time you move into another section of like the tcc thing so if you apply a tourniquet in um number one like in uh character fire check that tourniquet again once you get them into a safe area make sure it's still holding um, yeah, especially or if you move around or something like that it could settle yeah it could settle, it, it could slip. Clothing moves. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I mean, another good thing, or rule of thumb, is get them as naked as possible. Um, so then you don't have to worry about it. Skin-on-skin skin contact is always best, and you also want to make sure that you go over their entire body and you're able to diagnose all of the problems wrong. Because... Yeah, for that exact reason, which you said about the clothing being yeah. wrong. I believe that's part of March as well. You're, go- you're going over their entire body first. Yeah. Yeah, you're assessing every portion of their body um but you're basically you're applying interventions as you go because you can't you don't want to basically look oh oh, he's got a he's bleeding on his uh, right arm we're gonna move down to his uh his chest now oh he's got a sucking chest wound oh that sucks we're gonna move down to the legs all this has to be done with a sense of urgency (laughs) yeah right you're trying to save somebody's life so this this stuff is very important um so moving into uh tactical field care that's where you can kind of apply these the march idea um, go down that thing, go from head to toe, um, check behind, like you're, you're checking all over the person behind their head, everything searching for, uh, wounds or anything like that. This, this could have been from like a car accident. So maybe their legs crushed could have been from like an ID went off and you have to basically check for shrapnel, check and see if there's cuts, if there's burns, stuff like that. So we're going head to toe following the March algorithm. Um, and applying interventions as we go. Obviously, the biggest things that we want to fix um, are hemorrhaging, uh, airway, and then as we go down, the, they become less, more um, quality of life rather than life-saving. Um, I, personally, I would say that uh, the most important, obviously, is hemorrhaging and the uh, the airway because you need to breathe and you need to you need blood. Can't can't have your blood all over the floor. Yeah, that's right. Those are a little bit required. Yeah, you need those. Uh, if you got a little cut and it's like a venal venial or uh, capillary bleed, like you're, you ain't gonna die. Rub some dirt and you'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> I believe I saw. Was it those videos that you shared with us? Were they like British special forces? Oh, uh, the UF Pro stuff. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they're British. They maybe. No, I think they're the, German. They're German, and, and the the, the trainer is Israeli. Israeli. Yeah. Okay. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Those, okay, videos, good. those videos were <laughs> hilarious. But he talks so fast. He does. But another point that he made was is if your teammate has fallen and I believe I I forget what the circumstance was is but make sure that they are turned over onto their stomach so they do not choke on their own blood. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's a recovery so in CPR and everything else there's a recovery position right. which is basically you you lay them on their side um, knee up knee up they've got like they're, all, they're laying on their arm and they've got like their other arm over their head or like yeah. something similar you can look it up um but yeah that's a recovery position if they throw up any like discharge that comes out of their mouth or face you they're not choking on it okay and that's like after um but then after so we we've done the we've done the character fire we've done the tactical combat or the um tactical field care then, which this can also be done during the tactical field care, but then you get into tactical evacuation care. And the main point of this is, again, we're going to check all of our stuff. We're going to check our tourniquets, check our interventions, making sure that everything's holding. Um, you can also apply 
more tourniquets if necessary. Like, so say, say you, you, you've got a arterial bleed on your leg, um, and it, it, you stopped it and you checked it again, but now it's bleeding again. Don't undo that tourniquet that you already have. Apply another one. Right. It's just extra pressure. Yeah. Pressure well, is your friend. Well, in that, it's in extra that pressure, and it makes it so that if you let off the first one, that could the, yeah, because out you, the first one could be really bad. Yeah, you could th- that could dump. restart the bleed. Yeah, you that's not good. So right. you want to do that, and then uh, so tactical evacuation care. Now this is going to vary very um, heavily depending on the situation you're in. And for tactical evacuation care for a civilian or in like a civilian scenario, I would consider like nine one one the um, your ta- your evacuation method, your cat's evac, your medevac, whatever you want to call it. Um, in this scenario, well, for the civilian scenario, you're you might if there's other people around, maybe it's just you. Um, if it's just you, I would probably start the phone call as soon as the problem starts. Um, that this, and we'll get into that, but um, you start the phone call as soon as the problem starts, and then you're going over maybe what you're doing or where you're at, whatever to the the medical professional and you're applying your interventions to save the guy's life guy or girl or whatever um and then so whenever you move into the tactical evacuation care you're basically prepping the dude the the person to move um you're making you're rechecking everything you're at this point maybe you're putting like a hypothermia thing putting them on a stretcher maybe you have like a makeshift stretcher that's actually something i want to pick up uh which is a talon uh stretcher which you can like fold up into like a a thing about this big hmm. um, for the audience that's about like a foot wide yeah it's it's like a foot and like was it just cables or what no it's uh it's a whole thing it just folds up now how does it how do you how does it create the rigid part uh it's the metal tubes they, they extend and then they've got you know, like uh kind of like whenever you put up a metal uh like a tent kind of like a tent a telescoping pole yeah where it's got the little nub that like pokes out of a hole yeah, it looks like... They do that. I just have this image of that thing, like, crumbling. And it, it's got, like, a nylon slash, like, netting in the middle. Okay. Um, they're really rigid. They work. Um, stuff like that. Uh, that stretcher may be, like, moving them into your vehicle, like, into your backseat or whatever it is, putting them in into an area that's, like, comfortable and uh, isn't, go, like, not in the middle of the road, for instance, uh, and just getting them ready to be evacuated. Um, so whenever in that civilian situation whenever the the medical people show up make sure you let them everyone you let the people know what you've done to the people stuff that you found um and then hand them off and let the let the medical professionals do do your thing what you are doing you are not a medical professional by doing all the stuff that i just taught said you the only thing that you are doing is extending the period of time that this person has to not die Pretty much, that's the best way to put it. And the, well, it, and that, and to buy time until medical professionals yeah, get on. People site. that are actually trained heavily that like can do stuff because even medical ar- people go to school and they they learn big words and all even that. in the army that was like that. They just it was literally you were you were there to make sure that person didn't die. I mean, as best as you could. Yeah. You were just first until line. until the medic got there or they got them out to the medic yeah. or the field hospital or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing. And then similarly in the military. Uh, in that scenario, then you would utilize uh, uh, Casavac or a Medivac. Casavac means like a Humvee with a medical thing on it, or basically any like land vehicle. And then a Medivac is usually um, specifically f- called for if it's a helicopter or something like that. 
Um, and then in the military, you've got like a nine line medevac. Um, I can't remember the nine line off the top of my head, but it's, it's long and it's arduous and it's basically the thing that you, like a lot of time I would keep it on a card whenever I did. It's like the protocol. Yeah. Whenever I tested it, it's because you use the nine line medevac, um, to call for a medevac over the radio. Um, and it's, it does all of that stuff. It talks about the, um, like in the army, you, you'll mark, uh, if the person's urgent or urgent surgical priority routine or convenience convenience means usually they're going to die, but, um, there's not a whole lot you can do. So here's your nine line medevac. So it says line one location, the pickup site, line two radio frequency call sign and suffix line three says number of patients by precedence, uh, 3A is urgent, 3B is urgent surgical, 3C is priority, 3D is routine, and 3E is convenience. Then it goes into line 4, which is special equipment required. Uh, 4A is none, 4B is hoist, 4C is extraction equipment, 4D is ventilator. Uh, it goes to 5, number of patients. 5A is litter, and then uh, 5B is... Can you carry them out by yourself with a litter, or do you need a vehicle? Basically? Yeah, and then f- 5B is ambulatory, so again, if you need a vehicle for yeah. it. Uh, line 6 is security at pickup site. Uh, 6N is no enemy troops in area. 6P is possible enemy troops in area. Just approach with caution. Uh, 6E is enemy troops in area. Also approach with caution. And then 6X is uh, enemy troops in area. Uh, armed escort required. And then there's a little asterisk that says in peacetime, number and types of wounds, injuries, and illnesses. 7, method of marking pickup site. 7A is panels. 7B is uh, pyrotechnic, pyrotechnic signal. Thank you. 7C is smoke signal. 7D is none. And 7E is other. Uh, line 8 is... I'm pa- lighting tires on <laughs> uh, Whatever works, right? Uh, line 8 is patient nationality and status. Uh, 8A is U.S. military. 8B is U.S. citizen or civilian. Uh, uh, 8C is non-U.S. military. 8D is non-U.S. civilian. And then 8E is... EPW. Yeah, EPW. Which is enemy prisoner of war. Oh, okay. The, the we th- still... And that's something that people may not understand is that even in the military, and there's some actually really cool stories, especially in World War II, but we don't just leave... Um, the enemy out to die too like we're they may you're not supposed to, according to the geneva convention you're not supposed to distinguish between your guys and theirs obviously there's going to be distinguishment but that doesn't mean that we're not going to treat them and i honestly think the honorable thing to do in any of those situations are to treat them including yeah, we, and they offer them this it depending on what you know the standard is that you know at the time it's offering them the same kind of aid that they would be offered oh yeah absolutely and uh, that's what i would expect and honestly i like i personally carry that that whole idea into if i were to get into a um like concealed carry situation if i had to take down a guy uh, because he was going to hurt people as soon as the threat ended i would try to tend to the wounds that i just made minister aid and along uh to go sort of back to the civilian side of that, on approach to the scene, make sure you assess the situation because you don't know what chemicals are on the ground or, you know, if there's a fire, you know, you, you just have to 
assess everything that's going on around say a vehicle crash like you have to make sure that you are safe to tend you, to these people you, you put because on your mask you before. get hurt yeah because if you get hurt then that's it's kind of it's, it kind of defeats it defeat, the purpose. Yeah, it defeats the purpose. Well, so. you, what you said too about the chemicals, a good way is is it's good to ra- or it's good to round off the, the the nine line. So the last line, number nine, uh, is NBC contamination, where nine uh, N is nuclear, nine B is biological, nine C is chemical, which is what you said about like yes. chemicals on the ground, and then the asterisk in peacetime terrain description of pickup site. So that goes right along with what yeah, you said like, and rounds this out. So I don't know if you wanted to add to that or if you wanted to add to any of these other ones. Well. I know through my fire department, I'm hazmat certified, so and that ties in with medical, and we are trained to, you know, use different, very, you know, stuff with, um, with your senses, see, smell, hear, you know, feel. Why did it sound? I don't know. Did we just get caught off like halfway through the show? We're not on live. How long were we not on live? I don't know. Uh, I just noticed it. Did we get canceled? Connecting streaming software to go live. Hmm. Well, who knows what that's about? Uh, I have it recording here on backup locally. Um, so this will be good for actually uploading to the podcast platforms. That's good then. Um, and I, I did that just as a backup. So who knows what that was? Uh, could be an internet related problem. Could be, yeah. I'm not sure. Could be, could be any number of things, but we can round off, we yeah. can round off the episode. Hopefully we can, yeah, figure that out. But, um, at the end of the day, do your own research, look up stuff, um, maybe reach out to your local fire department, reach out to your local hospitals or any kind of like medical s- places that you may look, just look or up ambulance service. Yeah. Like a lot of them e- places EMS. do too. Yeah. Look, uh, um, look for just places to get training and you can always do this stuff. You can do this stuff at home with your friends. Some of it anyways, you can like, I've applied tourniquets to my friends and stuff like that. You can do, it you can hurts. do that stuff. It does hurt, but I mean, it's good training. And uh, something that I want to do, at least with our firearm stuff, is maybe simulate an injury whenever you run two people uh, teams. And then you have to kind of stop what you're doing, um, engage a threat, and then uh, provide aid to whatever it is. And that's just one thing High that I've, I've thought about. Yeah, just just create, create a more dynamic training environment for yourself. Learn as much as you can, do as much as you can, and all that. Is there anything that you want to say, Slapshot? I think we covered it. the basics that we really need to cover. I mean, obviously we're not experts, but we just need to provide enough information for people to want to learn more. Well, I mean, so, has anybody here had had to have uh, administer any aid at all to anybody? Actually, in, in, in a real life situation, not re- not a real life situation. Nope. I mean, we kind of sometimes we do it without even realizing it. Because maybe you get in a situation, like, maybe you get into a car accident and there's no, um, there's actually no injury. But what's the first thing you do if you get in a car accident and there's other people in the car? You're assessing yourself. You're going to assess yourself and you're going to assess everyone else around you. So even just the action of of accessing a wound, um, can be important. It's, it's a seriously important part of the medical hoedown. 
Yeah, like, I mean, I, I've done numerous calls, like, most of them being car accidents, where, I mean, just as, re as of recently, uh, we had a an accident where two vehicles collided, and we had an entrapment. So that, you know, we, we were the first on, we were the first uh, company on scene, rolled up, I uh, I was actually the first person to walk up to the uh the, the the entrap the people that were entrapped and right away look around see if there was any fluids on the ground look for any smoke you know anything of that nature anything that would impede me from getting to them or causing myself harm after I did that I went over the, the windows were up so we had to bust out the window I busted out the passenger passenger side window and then we got the uh well, you guys will know them as like the Jaws of Life, like the hydraulic equipment, which a lot of people don't know is that they're that's just a, a brand. We have Genesis equipment, so we proceeded to get the Genesis equipment, and we cut the the roof off, and then did then we cut the A pillars from the windshield, Convertible. rolled <laughs> rolled the windshield out, and then did a dash roll which is cutting the doors off and then cutting into the lower part of the door where the the door meets like underneath the dash you cut that tor going towards the 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 front fenders and then you take another piece of equipment that is like a porter jack almost and you push up on that the lower part of the dash and it rolls it up so you can pull people out and get gives you space so that you can pull people's legs out that had been crushed you know whatever have you and what kind of car was this this was a dodge dart i believe it was a dart or a nitro something i know it was mopar well getting into the aid part in the instance of the driver they on a point of of collision the window had smashed out and his hand had slid out outside the window and he had the broke with the, the glass being broken in the window it had severed his pointer finger from the first knuckle off that's pretty brutal yeah and i i almost stepped on his finger oh ooh, god yeah like cuz oh i didn't see god. it you know and i and then he lifted up his hand and i had seen that there was no you know phalange there so I'm sitting there, I'm like looking around and I seen that there was, you know, it was pretty much right by my boot. I picked it up, you know, put it in a baggie and I handed it to the, uh, the EMTs whenever Here's they, your finger <laughs> well, I handed it to the EMT. <laughs> it was probably this. not good to attach to him though, was it? No, they, they were able to reattach. Oh really? If yeah. If you can get to it soon enough. Yeah. I, I, I know what's, you what's it, like six minutes or something? Yeah. It's something like that. You, they put it on ice and everything, but I had put it in a baggie and stuffed it in my pocket, you know. I mean, I had nothing else to do with that. You know, there was no medical personnel there at the time. Right. So then... Here's this. I oh, went, went to the rescue uh, truck oh. and grabbed some bandages. And, you know, at that point, really, you're not losing enough blood to apply a tourniquet or anything. Right. So pretty much just put a pressure bandage on the stub and then wrapped it, you know. Yep. Applied pressure and then... That's we eventually what, got them out. Like we had to get them out on a stretcher, and that—that's another thing that 
upon like a, a collision like that, you have to be careful that you're not moving people too much because there may be a neck spinal injury, something of that of nature. Course. So you have to be very careful when moving people under those circumstances. So whenever they're seated in the car like that, how do you know if they suffered a spinal injury or not? Do you like ask them if like if they can feel If they their are hands coherent, into- if they are able to talk to you and they're sort of in their their right mind, you ask them like, "Hey, can you move your can you move your toes? Can you can you feel like and if you can get to them, and if you like squeeze their thigh or, you know, you pinch an extremity, can you feel this pain like you feel me touching you and if they can feel you touching them then more than likely there's not a spinal injury. a major well, spinal injury. well you there can be if because it may not be something that's aris, arisen you know without you know until you move them because if you if you move somebody in the wrong way then that's that could cause, cause something more damage yes yeah. right so yeah. you have to be very careful and that's the sketchy part where you almost have to wait for medical personnel and because if unless there's a fire or something of that nature that's making you move an, them an imminent threat yeah call yeah. That. yeah an imminent threat that's making you move the per the person from the vehicle or something of that nature you should not move them unless you're trained to do so it's the same thing i mean you can literally chalk it up to the mission dictates whatever yes. whatever the thing is. So if you're if you're uh, answering a, a medical call for for a vehicle um, collision, or if you're answering a med call for uh, a gunshot wound, there those are two vastly different uh, things that I mean may require require some of the same equipment, but there's also some considerations that need to be made uh, depending on which one. And that's yeah. the same thing with with your equipment with your gear whether like not even talking about medical like the mission dictates what gear you should be bringing what gear should be running stuff like that and a lot of times like whenever you are on the phone with you know the operator for you know the 911 call a lot of times you know you should stay on the line with them because they are trained professionals and they the, the opera- and, and they will walk you through everything that you need to do as long as you relay the proper information to them you know you tell them exactly in in every bit of detail that you can if you relay all that information they will be able to walk you through what you should do yep stay calm cool collective talk about whatever you're doing to the people and and get the job done yeah staying calm is like super crucial whenever you are the but with the first that, line. Yeah. I was gonna say, so here's your comedic relief. What happens if you get to pinch their leg to see if they're see if they're like they have spinal injuries and you pinch their leg and they're they're only to stop pinching their ass? No, that's probably not good. <laughs> here's here's some more well, you gotta see if they like it or not. Oh, 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 uh, uh, <laughs> Alright, here's some more they might not like it whenever they're trapped in the car, so I guess Yeah, that's probably um, not their first line. I feel like it might be Seriously, scenario dependent. Yes, here. people are into pain, Blackbeard, but I feel like it might be scenario so, dependent. So I'm I mean <laughs> all right here's some more comedic relief uh okay hypothetically you pick up that guy's finger put it in a bag and then you forgot to give it to the emts and then you just leave the scene and then you have a finger in your in your pocket just, what do you do up, dude i <laughs> mean just up. then i would if it was me i would just drive <laughs> to 
wherever they were taking them. Hey, you dropped this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take that finger? Here, King, you <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to mu- mummify it, and I'm going to keep it as a shrine. You know, I'm going to put it on a necklace. And Honestly, if I were you, oh, I would take... Let's get kind of special. Oh, yeah, right. I would take that finger and use it as like a fingerprint I for your phone. I think we're going to have... Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no. stop the episode there. All right. You're you're fired. You may have I'm gas. joking. Anyways. Oh, man, there must be a gas leak here or something. All right, oh. so... <laughs> Lightheaded. With that, I think we can end our medical podcast. If you learned something, if you found anything that we said interesting, if you felt like your entire life has been changed by the words that you're hearing right now. Infinite wisdom. I'd like you to subscribe and like. If you happen to lose any brain cells in the process of listening to this podcast, we'd still like to know how many brain cells you lost. And we'd like you to do that via subscribing. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on, we'll we'll do a grand thumb here. It's like... If you've ever picked up a finger off the ground from a car accident, <laughs> go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hey, Why, there thank we go. you. I like it. Oh, we totally stole that from him. So, right. That's fine. So with that, uh, you know all of our socials. We plugged them in the beginning. We can plug them again. Who wants to plug them? We've got an Instagram. Instagram uh, at WeValiantFew. Discord.WeValiantFew. WeValiantFew.com. Yeah, if you happen to forget what everything is, you can just go to www.WeValiantFew.com and you can listen to our newest episode. You can check out all our links. And we are... You can also, uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can also listen to us on Apple Play Music, whatever it's called. Or you can also listen to us at the same time on your Google Play Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Listen, your smart home devices will play. The you Wii can Lions play podcast. us on all of your speakers. You, on your Amazon Alexa, <laughs> your Google, home. all of your speakers, every one of them, <laughs> on your phone, every, all of them. I'm sure. Tell your as friends. much as I would love to do that. Tell your friends. Not. Tell your dog. Tell your neighbor. Post-show, tell I'll your grandma. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you found something useful. Uh, as always. We'll catch you in the next one. Stay vigilant. And stay valiant. Ooh. Ooh, that was crispy. Yeet.